What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball podcast. I am your host, Trill Bro, dude. And unfortunately, I did not want to have to do this podcast this early in the season, but it is officially panic mode for our Philadelphia 76ers. They're 500 again. They're in the play-in range. The team looks completely dysfunctional when the Stars play. They are 2-5 and five when Joel Embiid and James Harden both play. No one is in sync. No one's on the same page. Who should be blamed for this? So we talked about all that. Is Doc Rivers back in the hot seat? Should we start blaming Daryl Morey, who's the one who put this team together? Should the Stars be held more accountable, James Harden and Joel Embiid? So we talked about all of that and more throughout this episode, whether it is the beginning of the end or if that might just be a little bit of an overreaction. So before we get into that, I do want to talk to you about our partners from Underdog Fantasy, the best and newest place to play fantasy sports and win big prizes. So on there today, you can go on and you can use from their pick'em section. You can pick your favorite NBA player stats. You can go higher or lower on them. I have a few picks for tonight, which is Wednesday, December 7th. The Nets and the Hornets play, and I have a feeling that this is going to be a really high-scoring back-and-forth game. Both of these teams don't play defense. Both of these teams score a ton. They got a bunch of hoopers. So my picks for the higher-lower for tonight, I have... Terry Rozier higher than 21.5 points. Last time he played them, he got 25. He generally speaking has big games against the Nets. So I have a feeling that Terry Rozier is going to hit that higher on his 21.5 points. Then I have Mason Plumley over 9.5 rebounds. Last time he played, he got a ton of rebounds against the Nets. The Nets are actually, the Sixers are the worst rebounding team in the NBA, if you can believe that. But the Nets are the third worst rebounding team in the NBA right now. I think Mason Plumlee is going to eat on the boards tonight. And then, of course, we have Kevin Durant. I have higher on his points, 28.5. He's averaging 29 points a game. I think that he, he's he been a little bit more passive recently. But I think that he's going to start having some statement games, throw his hat into the MVP race. The Nets, you know, they've looked much better recently. And I think that Durant really needs to take over in order for them to get to that next level if they want to be considered NBA championship contenders. So those are my three picks. If you put $10 on that on underdog, you can get six times your money. Your payout would be $60. So you can go on there today and use my promo code SLOP, that's S-L-O-P, and get a $100 deposit match bonus. And if Pick'em is not your thing, they also have daily fantasy sports drafts, which we do all the time. We do NBA ones. We do NFL ones. I tweet out the link. We compete against each other. It's been a ton of fun. I love it for NFL Sundays. I love it for random big nights. There's been like random nights in the NBA where there's like 15 games. So we can draft. Like last week, I had a team that was completely stacked. I had like Steph and Jokic, and I scored a ton of points and actually took back some money. So it's a lot of fun. So if you use the promo code SLOP, that's S-L-O-P, you will get a $100 deposit match bonus. It supports me. It supports the podcast. It keeps the partnership going. It's been a great partnership so far. And we have a lot of other exciting things coming up that we are planning with Underdog right now. So if you're not already, please sign up for Underdog. Use their pick'em. Do the daily fantasy drafts with us. And let's have some fun this NBA season. 
One last thing, if you are watching on YouTube, please like this video. It really helps. Subscribe, turn on your notifications. And in addition to that, we are also on playback this Friday against the Lakers. So it's Sixers, Lakers. We're going to be streaming during the game. It's basically just like Madden Cast. If you haven't joined before, it's a ton of fun. We basically just riff the whole time. I pull people up on stage for their trade ideas and their hot takes. So we're going to be doing it this Friday against the Lakers and then next Friday against the Warriors. So please check out both of those streams. I would really appreciate come out and support. It's been a ton of fun so far. We want to try to get as many people involved as possible and make the Sixers games a little bit more enjoyable. Thanks. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball Podcast. I am your host, Trill Bro Dude, and uh, another solemn episode, unfortunately, about our baby boys, the Philadelphia 76ers. We have Matt, a.k.a. Panasonic DX4500. I appreciate you putting it on the screen so that I didn't forget it this time. What's going on, Matt? <laughs> hey, uh, what? nothing good, obviously, but, you know, we're here. We're, for now, still alive, so... <laughs> Yeah, we've got that going for us. We'll see by the end of the by the end of the episode. We'll see how it goes. But I just want everyone to know I've scanned both gentlemen for firearms. We have they have no access to any um, any any devices or any weapons. Uh, so you know, just know that know that a check was done as a as a mental health professional. I have taken all precautions against damage that the Philadelphia 76ers in December can do to a, a human being. So the, there will be, there will be no Bud Dwyer. There will yeah. be... <laughs> in spite of, in spite of what the, the hogs tooted every Hawks live stream for there. <laughs> we have, we have kept trail from Bud Dwyer. Um, and, and God willing, I will get him over the finish line. He is going to have to watch Sixers playoff basketball. Well, I am, I am towing a line right now because I, I want to express my real opinions but I also don't want everyone to hate me and like, not <laughs> listen to the podcast. So like in the discord, I've been sharing a lot of my real true opinions on the team and everything. And uh, it has not got the greatest reviews, but we need to talk just about kind of, we're doing a vibe check a little bit here because I mean, look, we had, we've had some moments this year where the team was fun, but Every time the team is fun, it's more in a low expectation, nothing to lose kind of way. When when the team when the team has been fun, it's been fun in the way that like when you were on the Titanic and the band was still playing and you're like, <laughs> oh, I like this song. Yeah, I'd say it's got kind of a Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid like you know like when they're kind of you know before they turn the corner the last time. So yeah. Yeah, that's that, that, like that a little is, bit, a little yeah. like, oh, hey, yeah. those are those, honestly, those moments are always fun. That's how I felt about the hospital Celtics the year after like Gordon <laughs> Hayward went down and like, sure, like, okay, like playing with house money at Which this time. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good point. well, Sam, is it karma that a week ago we did an episode called Should the Bulls Blow It Up? Mm -hmm. And within a week, I've kind of arrived at the same conclusion that I had. After the first few games, which was first few games of the season, I was like, yeah, I mean, this team just kind of fucking sucks. I don't really know yeah. what else to say. Like, I can tell, I, I can break down why I think they suck. I can talk about how lethargic they look. I can talk about how no one seems in sync. It doesn't seem like the team practices. Oh, because they don't fucking practice. I could say, let's get rid of the head coach, mm -hmm. but 
you know, the team looked fine without the star players. When the star players play, the mm-hmm. team has literally no game plan. And part of this is on the coach. Part of yeah. this is on the stars. Part of this is on the general manager who is going on to... what. I, I want to rant on Daryl Morey for a little bit just because I feel as though I've, I've made my peace with the doc thing. Like doc, if doc doesn't get fired this year, then I have no other choice than to just fucking destroy Daryl Morey for what he's done because he is the one that constructed this roster knowing who his coach was that, gave him these players and now Kyle Newbeck who is plugged into the front office is whatever is saying that the team has no inkling that they're going to fire uh Doc Rivers at all this season basically they 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 haven't even thought about it and if that's the case then uh, the only person that I can really turn to here is, is Maury in this situation other than uh, another conversation that we'll get into a little bit but the reason that I say this is because he he has this level of he has this resume he has this he has stands he has this following and he he kind of tricked Sixers fans in a way <laughs> that made it seem like I think that what we were getting ourselves into was someone who was going to lead the team to a championship or at least contend for a championship the conference finals. Um, and, and someone said in the comments, Elton Brand, you're the GM of the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm not even saying that. But what I'm saying is if the GM doesn't want to consider firing the coach, then I feel like we have to start looking at the GM and saying, okay, well, if the team can win without the stars, your guy is James Harden. You brought in James Harden to work with this team, to work with Joel Embiid, to take the team to the next level, to try to get to a conference finals, get to a finals, win a championship. And, you know, it was Harden's first game back last night, but for the large majority of his time with the Sixers, he's been a bit of a disappointment. And you put everything, you put all of our last remaining assets, you put, you know, obviously Ben Simmons' value was much lower than expected. That's that's not necessarily even his fault, even though he might have not handled the situation. He chose him over the Tyrese Halliburton package, which would have made our window longer. And now I'm sitting here saying, like, he went on rights to Ricky Sanchez earlier this year and talked about how fans and Mike Levin from rights to Ricky Sanchez overvalue role players. And now we have seemingly role players who can only play without the stars. The stars don't seem to really, the, the coach isn't connected with the stars. The the stars don't seem to respect the coach because unless he's literally not running plays, like he kind of suggested that he was and just letting them handle it. And then the stars, Joel Embiid and James Harden honestly look like shit at the end of most games and are once again, lethargic. They're, they're turning the ball over in the biggest possessions of the game. And I just feel like, I was led to believe that this guy was going to come in and try to fix the team. Now, maybe it was just too far gone by the time he got here. But now I'm looking at it like if you don't want to consider firing the coach, who I think that's really your last kind of Hail Mary move that you could do here to try to save the season, then I don't really know why we're not criticizing him and the stars more because they're the ones that could get the coach fired. And if we can, I'm not even going to sit here and criticize the coach because the coach did fine without the stars. And because those guys could easily get Doc fired 
if they wanted to, and they have not tried to do that. So I'm going to start criticizing them more, is my whole thing. That's it. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is perfect. This is perfect. I, I was letting um, that one simmer. I, you went off. Yeah. He was cooking. He was cooking. We were running Claire out plays for you, um, <clears throat> like Doc Rivers should do for um, – <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Do you do you want? Uh, I I don't know if Matt, you wanna you wanna take a swing before I try and good cop this. Um, but I don't oh know. no, I mean, I'm, I, frankly, I'm I'm just ready to burn the entire game of Wells Fargo, <laughs> Sanford, and Browns. Parody, satire, joking. Please, no, that was actually metaphorically. Metaphorically, thank you. Metaphor, yes. Um, it belongs to the Flyers anyway, so you know. <laughs> can't do that. Um, I don't know my my take on this. I I still. So, um, do you want to know how many uh, three game streaks the Sixers have this season? Hold on. Uh, all I care about in either direction. All I care direction. about. I know that they've had a well. They started the season zero and three. They just had a recent three-game winning streak, and they're coming off a three-game losing streak right now. So I'm assuming it's at least three, maybe four. I think it's six. Um, three, three, three-game losing streaks and three, three-game um, winning streaks. Uh, let, let me double check that. But it's at least three different three-game winning streaks, and I think at least two, um, two-game winning streaks. So this is a team okay. that is kind of ebbing and flowing. It's kind of, uh, and like you know, to your point about. Doc, I think a lot of what you said is very cogent and makes a lot of sense, you know, especially given blame and assigning it to, you know, Daryl Morey and, you know, sort of everyone else. Sorry. So it's three different three game winning streaks and one uh, and two different three game losing streaks. So five different that's 15 games out of the 24 they've played have been part of either winning streaks, three game winning streaks or losing streaks. And I think that that sort of the reason I bring that up is because I think that has a lot to do with people coming in and out of the lineup is happening all the time. Like if the Sixers had anyone had their full team healthy for a stretch of time at any point. No, they season. haven't. No. But in, yeah, in the games it. that the two best players have played, they're two and five and that's unacceptable. Yeah. Would, like that, that's my would, thing is like, that is why I'm so annoyed is that the mm-hmm. team is 10 and seven when mm-hmm. either Harden or Embiid mm-hmm. are out in the game and they're two and five. And I think largely that, and and yes, I, I don't think that they're going to end up being a 500 team, but you built this team to be one of the three best teams in the East. You didn't mm. build this team to be just above 500. You built this team to win a championship. It, that mm. In theory, Daryl Morey did. Mm-hmm. And they're two and five with their two best players. Like that yeah. is, is terrible. <laughs> and two of the yeah. ro- lo- losses are against the Rockets and the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Now, I was going to say, like, you know, the better the roster gets, like, the worse the on-course, on-court performance seems to be. And, like, you, you can only excuse that so much before you just have to, like, wonder if something's, like, fundamentally broken with the way that the team's set. Like, Trill, I remember, before, you know, earlier in the year, we were talking about how, like, this was, like, the most smooth offseason we've had in Normal. The most <laughs> normal they added guys, but nothing fundamentally changed. It seemed like a steady ship. And so, like, it just makes it more concerning, I feel like, that, like, they ha- they're they still just don't seem like they understand how any of this works. They don't seem to, like, understand how to make – I it, my whole point is that 
having Joel Embiid and James Harden on your on your team together, it shouldn't make it shouldn't look this hard. It shouldn't look like this difficult to find a way to make that work. It shouldn't it's be this been... unwatchable. That's my whole thing. Yeah. Is it's not fun. It's it's not enjoyable to watch. And and that yeah. is another reason why, hey, maybe getting another coach in here yes. that can get into their ears and have a system could yes. work. But if the ownership group and the GM are are not even willing to consider that at this point, like I'm starting to think like we we know that teams always fall back into their bad habits when it comes to the playoffs when other teams prepare for them. So like all these signs that they're showing early in the season, the the uh, apathy on defense, the horrible rebounding, not no one boxing out, no one trying. And then in addition to that, like just making an, an unwatchable brand of basketball where it's just ISO after ISO after ISO in the second half and overtime of this game yesterday makes me think that like another coach would help because another coach might be able to get through to this roster, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. So I'm, I'm kind of at a loss is my whole thing here is that I think the reason why I've been so down on the team is because I don't see that kind of quick fix if, unless they get a new coach who can maybe inspire the team, send another message that we've seen with other teams happen in the NBA in Matt's wearing a Phillies Jersey with the Phillies. Like we see this from time to time, but it doesn't seem like they're willing to even entertain that. So I don't know why, like, I, I don't really want to waste my energy thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's just, it's impossible to think about a team that was like having a really bad time and then did a coaching change and then totally uh, <laughs> went to another level and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, made the finals. That just doesn't happen mm -hmm. in the Never. anymore. I, oh, yeah. Well, I, but, but I mean, that's my point. I, I guess that's the thing is like, Guys, the NBA, I think what makes the NBA different and why it's my favorite sport, um, more so than baseball, more so than, you know, some of these other things is because there are these things that calculator rats can't quantify. And that's um, we fucking hate our coach. He's, uh, he's an annoying old man who has no one has done less with more in their in an NBA coaching career than Doc Rivers. <laughs> I'm well versed in having Doc Rivers yeah. as your coach. Like he's doesn't play young guys, just uncreative. And you know, like I, I get it. And and I I understand the knee jerk reaction to kind of let Doc off the hook when like young guys come in and like play free. But like the, your first job as an NBA coach is managing th that's Doc's thing. He's supposed to be the managing personalities guy. Right. If he's mm -hmm. not managing personalities if Joel Embiid is yeah like really like what is he doing you're, you're, you didn't bring Doc in here to doesn't like, develop right. doesn't he's not an X's and O's guy right motivator is supposed to be like his thing like gets through to guys guys respect him because he's players coach whatever mm -hmm. I, I I've said it time and again I don't really know what he does I don't know what he does like like I I think it's whole th I mean my whole I'm gonna go on a whole tangent here if you let me because like I think yeah, the one thing it. about the Sixers nobody's mentioned, and I think this season in the way that the Phillies and the Eagles have gone have made it like really obvious. It's just like the ownership to me is the big thing for the Sixers because like I don't know you look at you look at the Eagles and like Glory he gets it he's like he is really like ride or die with that team, and like Middleton and the Phillies like I don't think they get it like that but like they understand baseball. And like, you know, he's at least a guy like Mil John S. Milton is at least a guy who I think is like he thinks, oh, it's cool to own the baseball team. I'm going to try and make them win sometimes if it works. I just 
I just don't think the ownership of the Sixers care. I think they just see them as an asset. Yeah. I think they're just trying to get the stadium built so they can flip them. They bought them when they were still the process Sixers and the value was like dirt cheap. Sure. And like a lot of things makes it like, you know, why Doc Rivers has so much leash. It, it, it's less that he's like a good coach, but he's like a name brand recognizable coach. And wow. he's and making the all... MLE as well. He's right. making the mid-level yeah. exception yeah, for the next three years. a year. For... Yeah. Two more years. So if you fire him, Crazy. but like, for, yeah, yeah, three. More I years, think yeah. I think it's honestly just like they 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 just value that they value you know the, you got guys running the Sixers who really just don't know anything about basketball or how it works, and they just they just think Doc Rivers is the name they recognize and they they won't touch him. They say and, like and we're gonna keep him around. And also Michael Rubin, who just left the team, was yeah. the last guy that really had any sort of connection to basketball new players got like was a fan of the game really i do think there is some legitimacy to that and i i think it's more the money thing i think it's more Mm -hmm. we spend a bunch of money like so for example (laughs) you brought up the phillies Mm -hmm. we spend a bunch of money on this team now make it work is the thing now like we gave you the full you you spent the full mle you spent the bi-level exception uh biannual exception on pj tucker and daniel house two guys who have had Mixed results, mostly bad so far, I would say, to start their Sixers careers. We gave you, you know, we let you have Ben Simmons sit out for half a season and try to wait it out and get the best possible return that you could get. And what we're left with is very similar to what was here before Maury, which was the 2019-2020 Sixers, which didn't fit, which quit on the coach, which had uh, some talent at the top, but, you know, could not rely on a ton of talent on that team beyond the top few guys. Uh, and and I, I, I'm just frustrated because I feel like they've had so many opportunities and it feels like they've just, like, and this isn't even just on Maury. This is, like, I was thinking about it the other day and I was talking about, like, how how hard it is to build a championship team in the modern NBA, with all the talent that there is. And this is something that someone on uh, Discord said, which was like, there's no walkovers anymore. Like, we played the Houston Rockets last night and the San Antonio Mm. Spurs a few weeks ago before they went on this terrible losing streak. But, like, there's really no teams that you're just going to have an easy off night and just go in and just beat because you're more talented. That doesn't really happen in the NBA anymore. Too Too many good players around the league that can just have an upset like last night. And when that is the case and you have guys who are in and out of the lineup, lack of chemistry, all that shit, that makes it so that you basically have such a a less margin for error on a night to night basis. But on the big picture, on the big picture, the Sixers had in theory, like if Joel Embiid truly is the best, the no could is good enough, good enough to be the number one guy on a title team, which I honestly don't even know if he is, and I know that a lot of people get mad at me when I say this, but I just think the reality is that the NBA has, like, I said it on the last episode, like, seven or eight guys that are really fucking good. And I think there's an argument that there's, like, three or four guys in the Eastern Conference right now. If you're going into the playoffs, you would rather have them over Joel Embiid, considering health, considering who they are as players, considering how they've played in the playoffs. And if even, even if this is the case, I said... Coming into the year, the best version of Joel Embiid, I think, is someone who locks in on defense, who is 
absolutely amazing on that end. And then on offense can kind of function within the offense and is it doesn't have to be the entire offense. Well, once again, we're in MVP mode where anytime Joel plays, everyone stands around. We have to wait for him to cook. And then down the stretch of big games, like last night, he's tired at the end of games and he's making the worst decisions possible in crunch time again. And look, Harden was horrible last night. I'm not going to act like he wasn't. He, he may had 18 missed shots or some shit. Like he was terrible. Yeah, 19, I think. yeah he was bad. He was very yeah. bad. And he had a ton of turnovers. <laughs> like I'm not even forgiving James Harden, but I don't really expect as much from James Harden as I do from the best player on our team, the guy who's been an MVP candidate for the past two years. But the reason that I go back to kind of this big picture thing is like they they had their opportunities to kind of build around Joel in a way that would have been as close to perfect as you could possibly expect. Like, like someone said earlier that, oh, well, every team just wants wings who can shoot and pass and dribble and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, we had them on our team, dude. We had Jeremy Grant. We had Jimmy <laughs> Butler. We had we drafted Michael Bridges. I like mean, th- like there are players that were literally on our team that could have fit well, and that wasn't even. Yeah. This was before Maury got here. That like that that's why I'm so frustrated is because it feels like it's kind of the beginning of the end for this era of Sixers basketball, and it feels like they had so many missed opportunities throughout the years. So, yeah, I mean, well, I, I think that that's that's probably the biggest what if in this Sixers run is that it, honestly, I think that's even bigger than like some of the the draft stuff is the Jimmy Butler, you know, keeping Jimmy versus mm-hmm. keeping Tobias because I think I think that's the other, you know, not to go full boomer mode, but I think you do need a guy who's gonna you know hold people accountable, you know, in the locker room, and I feel like the Sixers do kind of miss some of that sometimes. And I think that is something that they've missed, you know, especially in the playoffs. Is or you, maybe you, just a guy who can literally hit the shot at the end of the game, like he did at the end of the Celtics game the other night, right? Or like he twice. did in the playoffs. Twice. Twice. Yeah, he fucked us twice. Yeah, it was not in a miracle. I was like, eat shit, Jimmy Butler, and then he sure. did it again. Yeah, God, God, it sucks that he's good. Oh fuck. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jimmy's like, look, I've, I've given him a lot of shit. He's like, you know, he's he's a hardo. He's like the, one of the biggest, but he backs it up, man. Like he yep. is, he is that guy. He is a dog. I right? said and after we like, lost to them in yeah. the playoffs, I was like, I hate him, but I have to respect yeah. it. I literally yeah. have to respect it because he's so yeah. fucking good. No, he's he's like perfect. Him him, he's found his perfect team. You know, he's a tryhard, and sure. mm-hmm. just surrounding him with rap mode is just, it, um, you know, it's it's a perfectly frustrating team. Um, but but I think that. You know, like that's because because that's what we're really talking about, right? Is it is it, you know? I think there's a Tobias Harris. I know he's. I know he had a really good game in that Rockets game. Yeah, was he seven for eight from three yeah. or something like that. The yeah. fact that he was seven for eight from three, and that's what you're saying. Well, is the Tobias Harris experience right? Like that's the. Yeah. Well, no, he was good. He was good, dollars. but it, exactly, it's just it's not his. It's not his fault that the team decided to give him 180 million. That's yeah. But, it's well, just frustrating. Well, well, that's the. It's, so it's amazing to me that that's the one contract that they that Maury's never been able to touch. He cleaned up every other mess that he, pretty much for the most part that he came in up with. But like Tobias Harris, he's always been like, "Yeah, we'll just suck with that." That's not well. So, work. so because that's the thing, right? Okay, so like, let's say, so l- let let's take the the fatalistic. Unless you don't want to do the struggle and piss off the. No, no, you know, you're let's, let's take the fatalistic thinking like one step further, like. Because what's the zag? You know me. I'm anti-blow it up. I'm anti. I, I really sure. think you tend to make things worse when you do that. And I think 
doctoring it and, and playing around as long as you actually try something and make a smart move is usually preferable and you can you can fix a lot of shit in a short amount of time like i didn't really get and i mean you know let's be clear i mean what the blazers are doing is not exactly title contending but they've moved themselves from a very bad situation to a pretty nice situation moving forward at least something with an inspiring people. one i would right. say yeah. yeah in like in you know not that much time you know sure. so that so that's the thing it's like like look i i i have never been in more a more dark place than after than the beginning of last celtic season like coming off of that like loss and i really think that like everyone wanted to trade jalen brown like can you imagine if they had done some of the shit that like, trading him to the grizzlies for example for whatever the fuck that was gonna bring back yeah. like that you know i i think that kind of getting frustrated and like doing panic moves is not the right thing what is a good panic move to go back to it though is doc rivers what the celtics did do is they did change their coach brad stevens is a very good coach but guys just get fucking sick of a coach after a long period of time you know like even even a coach as accomplished as steve kerr that is you know like you can see the cracks in that team and kind of you know everybody it's hard to keep a team together for a long time without any change. And, you know, you how you want to make that change is up to you. Do you want to trade the third best guy? Do you want to trade the coach do, or, you know, change out the coach? Do you want to bring in, you know, you do need to retool a team. It's almost impossible to always keep a team of eight, uh, you know, what, uh, six to eight guys and a coach together for an extended period of time without it, you know, getting stale and, you know, things starting to pop up and guys getting frustrated with each other. And I guess that's the thing is uh, to go back to what we talked about earlier. I think it's pretty clear that doc is the thing that needs to go in my book. You know what I'm saying? Like that is the clearest path to changing this. It's costs you no cap space. It has no tinkering. It is literally just ownership mm -hmm. money. And maybe that is the problem and sure. why he's not being fired, you know? Right. And, and, and I, I, like I've, I had people say to me, like, I, and look, I, I started to have, these thoughts a few weeks ago about like uh, blowing it up about mm -hmm. whatever. And I was like, look, let the season play out, see where it goes. Yeah. What mm -hmm. I keep coming back to though, is that if you are looking at it from, if you, if you realistically, if your goal, you have one of two routes here, if you want to try, cause like, I'm not even going to get to the trade Joel because I think trading Joel doesn't make you any better. It's it's, if anything, it's just that, Okay, now Maury's buying himself time so he can actually rebuild the team. And who knows? He might not even want to fucking do that. Like, yeah. uh, I he's never tanked in his entire life. Mm -hmm. uh, I know he's protect put protections on every pick past this year that we've traded. A but tank king, he might be a calculator <laughs> rat, but he understands the assignment. No tanking. Let's go. I mean, but, he, he only took he only took this job because Joel Embiid was here. To be honest, right, that's what that I'm saying. It's like he came here. Right. Yeah. But I think there's two routes that you can go if you want to go the panic mode route after the season. You trade Tobias Harris's expiring contract along with Tyrese Maxey, and you try to get that third star that might fit the timeline a little bit better with Joel Embiid and James Harden, assuming that James Harden is going to come back. Or the second one is you let James Harden walk after the season and try to get another guy either via... Uh, or after this season or the following season, Harden has a player option next year. So play right. so he is open to leave if he if he would like if, if things don't really work out. 
that's the only way I really ever see Mori move. Uh, uh, another reason why I think I'm starting to regret the Harden trade a little bit, and I don't even necessarily think it has that much do, to do with James Harden's play, is, is the fact that uh, even though his play style and Embiid's play style is a little bit weird and it's not fitting great so far, it's that... It's that I don't ever see Daryl Morey trading James Harden. Yeah. Like, no. that's his guy. Like, if Harden yeah. wants to leave, Morey will help him get to go wherever he wants to go. If he, after the season, he's mm -hmm. like, you know what? I want to go play for the Lakers. They have cap space. Uh, I want to try to win a title. AD looks great. LeBron's on his last uh, his last whim here. Like, maybe we can try. I I'm from California. Like, whatever it is. Maybe, maybe that's the case. But the... The, the idea here, the bigger picture thing here is that Maury gave them uh, flexibility with cap space after the Harden deal is up in a few years uh, and technically right before Tyrese Maxey's extension kicks in, assuming that they sign him. So those are really the routes that you have to go down after this season. But other than that, like it pretty much has to be a big move unless there's a guy that, like, I'm just not even thinking of right now that they could get. And, like, look, shit changes very quickly in the NBA. You can hit on a draft pick. You can hit on a random guy just being like, yeah, I want to go play with them. I don't know who the fuck it is. But, like, <laughs> there, there's always some random shit that could happen. But banking on that should not be a strategy. And... Now, now, like, I, I want to see this season play out, and I don't think they should make any big panic moves in season. That never works. That yeah. is never, that has never worked one fucking time. I'm not going to act like it had, like, I, there's yeah. never been an in-season trade. I mean, honestly, we kind of had to trade Ben Simmons last year, but there's never <laughs> been an in-season trade that helps a team win a championship when you're, you're getting in another start, unless it's a... Pau Gasol level fleecing. Right. Well, is like the only time that's ever worked. It, it's right. the only time it's ever worked, and it was yeah. because it was the fleecing of all fleecings. They gave up and fucking nothing. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I would like to see a big panic move trade, but only because it's like you know when you jingle keys in front of a baby and they. Stop. I would like to see that, but like I so, understand if that maybe not doesn't make sense like analytically. Well, no, it just doesn't make any sense from the perspective of like someone tweeted at me earlier. No, I'm not even kidding. They tweeted at me, whispers, what's the value that we could get for Tyrese Maxey back in a trade? And I was like, the Sixers are two and five with Joel Embiid and James Harden. Why are you trading our best young player? Yeah. To like, yeah. If, if we were seven and three with them and X star wing, Paul George, Jimmy Butler, whoever it is, ass out, then I'd be like, all right, let's have the conversation. Like, this is a realistic thing. Even this past summer, people got mad at me when I said we should consider trading Tyrese Maxey for Donovan Mitchell. I didn't want to do it because I love Tyrese Maxey, but I also said I would understand that because those are the kind of players that you need to get if you want to win a title with Joel Embiid. And that's the, that is the thing here is that like, if we are under the, uh, of the mindset that Joel Embiid is the guy that's going to stay here for the rest of his career, you have to keep that in mind and you have to make moves accordingly. And I don't think that there are any moves that you could make in season that could fix this, except for maybe some slight on the margins rotations and firing the coach. Well, I mean, look, I, I haven't watched a ton of the Sixers. I've probably watched only like six, five or six of their games all year, but like I, it seems to me like the thing that the Sixers need is 
a Joel Embiid who's committed to defense and is all right with taking a little bit of a backseat on offense. And I think the only way you get that, I don't think that's a player personnel thing. I don't think he's playing the way he is because PJ Tucker's on the court necessarily. I think he's playing that way because his coach is not set him down and been like, look, <laughs> like do this. I think yeah. Doc is golfing or whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah. what, what was the thing from the Newback piece that Doc said that they like practice zone all the time? I, I have this here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Doc, so, so they rolled out zone uh, and it did not have good results. They played like, yeah. and I've actually, we've all been screaming. We have DeAnthony Melton, Matisse Thibel, Paul Reed. These are the perfect personnel to run a, ro- a zone defense occasionally. Just like guys who have long arms that can get into passing lanes and it's incredibly hard to get mm-hmm. past them. Like, that's perfect. So Doc basically says, you know, we've been working on the zone defense. And then Tobias comes out and they ask him about working on the zone defense. And he's like, yeah, we haven't worked on that at all. And that's <laughs> Tobias Harris, who's like Doc's long lost son, who like... <laughs> is going to respect and not lie about whatever's ha- like that, that there's clearly a disconnect with the, t- at least the top players. I think stocks message and Kyle Newbeck put it perfectly in that piece. He said, look, shake Milton playing great and beating the magic in two straight games is awesome in November, but that's not what wins you titles. You were brought here for that. Did, well, didn't even Maxi have some kind of anti, like he didn't he throw Doc under the bus earlier this season? Did he have some quote after a game where he was just yeah. like, you know? So, so that was, that was uh, after the Joel Embiid near 60 point quadruple double game that he had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said Doc wanted to run a pick and roll in the fourth quarter with Maxi. And then Maxi was like, why don't we just give it to Joel? Like, no one can stop Joel right now. <laughs> And then Doc was like, yeah, okay, all right, that sounds good. And then they just did that, and then Joel <laughs> scored on, like, the next, like, four possessions or whatever it was. Well, let let me go for the kill here, then. Because, like, because I know you said you brought this up. Like, you know, Doc, I, they won without the Stars, so, you know, Doc should get some leeway with that. I, I think it's the opposite. I think when there's low expectations, anyone can win with not that much talent in the NBA because – as we talked about, the talent is still there. The league is so fucking deep. We forget how good these guys are. Like, I know it's like fun to like make fun of like, you know, oh, look, here comes Devin Vassell and, you know, whoever else. It's still, you know, it's still Greg Popovich. I mean, there's still these guys still, you know, they're still running a system. They're still NBA players. They're athletes. They still won. What did the Spurs start? Five and out, five and three, something like that. Yeah, they, they won like their yeah. first, they went like four and one to start the season or some shit. Well, and this is like, I guess this is like, the. Um, by the way, the Lakers who are dog shit, they're, they're literal dog shit, but are tricking everyone right now, the national media into thinking that they're not dog shit. Um, <laughs> this is another example of that because it's like everyone, Darvin Ham has just like figured out like the way to like sort of push the bell and whistle and the smoke machine button to make that happen because it doesn't really matter in the regular season on a game to game night. What matters in the NBA is how do you get to the best level of your team? But taking a bad team to middle is one of the easiest things in the world. It's why, you know, team That's guys will leave them. Yeah. is the perfect right. example. Yes. Exactly. First like, year of Fibs teams, always honeymoon phase. Right. Dog shit team the year before, make the yeah. playoffs, and then they all hate the coach after a year and then it goes downhill. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. That doesn't make it. So it, it, do we think Thibodeau is a good coach? Because I would say no. He, he, he destroys average. any chance you yeah, have sure. of, like, you know, like, 
look back at that Bulls team and how talented it was. Like, I know Derek Rose got hurt and everything like that, but I, like, I think Thibodeau got a lot of credit for that Bulls team that probably should have gone to the players. Like, Joe Kim Noah was, I know he, by the end of it, he was not good. He was an incredible player for like a very long time. I mean, I would, I would even point to the, the Timberwolves uh, right. that had Jimmy Butler, who is now like, uh, all multiple. I mean, he's like a top ten player in the playoffs, and like couldn't do anything with it. So yeah. What did you guys trade for Jimmy to the Wolves? When, by the way, this was GM Thibodeau. By the way, he was the GM at the time we, as well. We traded Robert Covington, Dario Saric, and Jared Bayless, and a second round pick for Jimmy Butler. But it was <laughs> the, the, the reason why was because Jimmy asked out, and because they felt like a lot were, of the time. No, 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 no. On that NBA was the... on, on Sixers oh, Twitter. Yeah, everybody yeah. freaks. Yeah. No, I'm saying because everyone loved Dario. Your team, you're always like mine. there were some of us during the Brogdon trade who were like, "Ah, Tice." Oof. <laughs> 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 um, I, I don't know. I, I just think that I don't think that you should get a lot of credit for taking a team. Like, like what defines you in the NBA is how you, how well you prepare your team to operate at its apex. And Doc Rivers is clearly not well-equipped to get this Sixers team to its apex. I know it's easy to say, like, these are, you know, these guys don't want to play, blah, blah, blah. They're so used to these things. The James Harden, Joel Embiid pick and roll is still one of the most effective fucking plays in the NBA. And I'm sorry for, like, I just can't accept that there's just no way to make this work. Yeah, like like with a with a coach. So well, I, I, I mean, I, yeah. I don't I'm, even I'm disagree. Gonna, I'm gonna make it yeah. simpler. Can I just say real yeah. quick? Like you've got yeah. Joel Embiid and James Harden on your team. You should be changing your coach every two weeks until you get someone who's <laughs> able to make that work. That shouldn't be like the fact that we've held on to Doc this long. Like just if put them in, and if they can't instantly figure out a way to make that work, because it's like like Sam just said, like you know, there's a built-in cheat code for it. It should be easy, and if you can't do it, they should just replace them. I, I I guess my whole sense. thing I guess my whole thing is that I I'm I I don't think that he gets through to the players uh, the main players at all anymore clearly because Doc yeah. is has always talks about the importance of ball movement and you see those things sometimes and the team looks fine and they they, they give the effort and then it just is the, it's always so fleeting. It's never yeah. like a for a full game or it's never for like a full week or whatever it is. And it, it was an open joke last year that like you know Tyrese Maxey when he had the ball he would look on the bench to see what James Harden was telling him to do instead of Doc. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, but this is well and the other thing is like how often cuz the other thing is I think the NBA is finally starting to catch on that like you don't necessarily need to hire old coaches. Like that is usually where you get yourself in trouble. And that is when you're bad and hiring a new guy and giving a new guy a shot seems to work out more a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah, Like way more often. Like, I mean, the best coaches right now are all guys that are on the come up from, you know, Taylor Jenkins. And like, obviously there are guys that have been around, but like the guys who have been around or have been with the same team, like, like Kerr and Spo and like, they haven't left their teams. Like it's, Head coaching is like the only job where you can be like repeatedly fired for bad performance, and like other teams would be like, "Oh, well, they've got experience, and it works." Yeah. Well, uh, well, then it happens all the time. I mean, look at look at what the Hornets did with Borrego. Like, well, I don't like. I get that, like some you know bad like Miles Bridges, all the bad stuff that happened in the offseason to them, but like 
you went back to Clifford. Like, I get that they, like, Atkinson, like, went out of the way to do it. But this is what I'm saying. Like, just hire a new guy. Give a new guy a shot. Like, a lot, it just seems to work out when teams do that. Like, even even for as bad as the Ime Udoka thing went, the Nets were ready to hire him. Like, you know, we probably shouldn't, but, like, they were ready to hire definitely him. Definitely shouldn't, yeah. yeah. But, like... <laughs> okay, well, the Nets, what would they have to lose at that point in public perception? But this perception? is what I'm saying. It was like, just, yeah. like, <laughs> true, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I just, I don't know. I, I think that giving young coaches, you know, a chance, I think, like, for example, Ty Lu. Remember when they, they fired... You know, uh, God, I can't remember. It was David Blatt, and they just promoted Ty Lue. And, like, all of a sudden, like, five years later, I, I'd say Ty Lue is one of the top five coaches in the NBA. I have a lot of respect for him. He's, He's very good. good. Yeah. 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 Like, and I, I don't know. You've got, like, you, you see what, like, Will Hardy has done. Joe Mazzulla has just kind of, like, stepped into it. Like, you know, no problem here in Bo- like in Boston. There's no I, – I, I don't know. I, I just – it drives me crazy – I think I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world for you guys to just you know who's who's even on your assistant coaching staff Sam Cassell right or, Sam Cassell or Dan Burke or whoever yeah. I whatever like I, I'm I will t- if if it comes down to it if we get a single report that says Doc Rivers is on the hot seat which we still have not got we haven't gotten no. one report from any plugged in we, journalist saying we that we repeatedly Doc Rivers get the opposite yes. we repeatedly <laughs> just get like reassurance it's all good every. every Every two weeks we get one. Oh no, it's ice cold. It is. He's got. He's got a fan blowing on it. Doc Rivers is is Sixers royalty, and he will be serving a life term as the Sixers head coach. I, I you know who you guys have to blame for this, right? It's Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. I think I don't think you guys. I don't think that news is going to break until the Eagles are. <laughs> You know, yeah. Once the Eagles win the Super Bowl, and then every the, the eye of Sauron of Philly sports sort of turns on the like, Sixers. Hey. And, I I yeah. think I think it, I think it could the perfect time to fire Doc, and that sucks for him. But it's gonna be like 11 p.m. on Christmas Eve, like if the Eagles just beat the Cowboys, and like everyone's about to have Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they just like drop that he's fired. Sam's coaching tomorrow. Merry Christmas, Doc. Yeah. yeah. You are fired. Yeah. Uh, he'd be like, you mean I get to move back to L.A. and golf all winter? He would be courtside making jokes with LeBron <laughs> that day. Like, Doc Rivers, like, come on. Like, it's not like he's, like, a, a young coach scrapping at the margins. Like, this man is coach. Like, he doesn't so really seem like he's working that hard to reassure anyone either. He doesn't seem like – he has to know that people want him. I think he kind of – I think he's kind of over it. Doc's what yeah. sixty three yeah. or something like that. Yeah, he's I over think, it. I, I, I think Doc is just kind of like whatever. If I die, I die. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> he's got the Ivan Drago. Like I, <laughs> he doesn't care. Like and you know what? Power to him. I mean, he's made a lot of fucking money. Like uh, got us the RJ Hunter pick, and I still yes. think RJ Hunter could be a uh, there. You go. Creation piece for the Boston Celtics. Let's go. All right, so let's let's end uh, end the Sixers talk. Um, yeah, I mean, I just don't really know what to do with this. Uh, I real I know that the doc the doc thing's the big thing, but like I want to see <laughs> Maury needs to make fucking moves before the deadline. Mm-hmm. He needs to do something to improve this team, make the pieces fit because the guys that he brought in are not a great fit with what the team wants to do, yeah. and the stars just need to be fuck like like Joel Embiid dropped thirty five points on the last two games 
And I don't even think he played well. Like, that is how good he is that he can just score 35 points and it's not even a big deal. And, like, he fouled out of last night's game. He was terrible down the stretch. And I want to see better play out of Joel Embiid and James Harden. And that's kind of what it comes down to. And if the pieces don't fit, then we can revisit this in the offseason when you make those kind of big moves. Because you don't make those moves in season. You you can fire a coach, but you can't make any sort of crazy in-season trade or anything like that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. It's fun. It's well, fun when you okay. make well, well, it. would be great for my brand. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I would no, get yeah. more listeners than you could imagine. So. We're well, not. Me... We're not. I hate to break this, everyone. We're not winning the title this year anyway. Do a big explosive, explosive trade. Make it fun. This is, this is the reverse jinx. I don't like that. So okay, against my against my <laughs> best. Yes, yeah, against my what is in my best interest as a Celtics fan. I'm gonna give Sixers fans. The, the solution here okay so you know you know much like how you know how in the u.s here we're turning down um russian immigrants because we want them to stay in russia to protest um the government and end the war in ukraine <laughs> i, so I have that. a similar okay. idea yeah we, we were doing that. so uh, I, I don't know if that's true but it tracks so okay <laughs> no it, it's true it's true so it makes sense um, there's gonna be a similar yeah. incentive at the game if you're a sixers fan you are not allowed to watch the eagles games they'll be blacked out you will not be able to watch them on tv unless you go out and protest in front of the Wells Fargo Center and ask for Doc to be That's fired. brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, we need people in the streets and, you know, like, look, you're going to miss Jalen Hurts' MVP season. Yeah. Because just because you couldn't be bothered to to go um, stand in action. So, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I Look, I'm, I'm going back to the old me. I'm going back to the before the Ben Simmons trade, going to the Sixers practice facility and lighting myself on fire in, in protests. <laughs> Parodies that uh, time. I'm excited for no, you guys okay. to get Trey on though, for real. So okay, cool. I perfect transition. Sam didn't even okay. know I wanted to bring this up. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I did not. I I did not tell Sam before you that we not. that Trey Trey Young would be a topic of conversation. I figured, given uh, news, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> so on the uh, so Trey Young, everyone knows what's happening with Trey Young right now. He's trying to be a coach killer for actually i would what? love having a coach killer honestly okay we trade for trey young uh-huh. we get him in here and he gets doc fired yes anthony <laughs> davis is out for the remainder of the game versus the cavaliers due to flu-like symptoms so does no, that mean yeah, he started not. playing <laughs> and got COVID he, halfway through <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he rules. Oh, God. Did I he pull it. a Gobert? <laughs> well, let's, let's finish the trade thing, but I want to talk about the Lakers before we move on to the last part of the show at some point, too. So, because um, I want to talk about how perfect what's going on with that is. Oh, shit. All right. So, um, so here's the deal. Uh, Trey Young was obviously, tra- he's trying to get his coach fired. The reason I bring it up, other than the fact that, like, I, I don't think that Trey's going to request a trade or anything this year. But if you heard the podcast between Ryan Rosillo yes. and Bill Simmons, did you hear the part where they talked about all yes. the guys that they would take over, yes. Trey? I, I'm glad this is what I wanted to talk about with this because they were, they were <laughs> out. They were insane. They were, they were on recency bias a billion. Like, look, yes. I get it. I get it. Trey Young cannot defend. <laughs> He's heliocentric. 
I, I, sure. Like, I have, yeah. I have, I have good experience that he can actually defend the post really well. <laughs> <laughs> Great rim protector. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was gonna say he's in uh, clutch games. You know, say he's guarded. Yeah. He's guarded a huge game seven basket. He's got <laughs> a huge game seven basket from out. Yeah. Um, so, but like, but in all seriousness, he is a guy who, like, you know, whatever you think of that run, has gotten to the conference finals as the best player on a team. And I'm sorry, the guys they were listing. I love a lot of those guys. They were going insane. I, I don't even remember the list. Okay, I so hearing, I. I remember. I'll. I will run. I say. I when, <laughs> when he said Desmond Bain, I blacked out. Yeah. I was, yeah, like, okay. I was so, like, "Are you serious?" Okay. So they said the the first few were like obvious, pretty obvious ones. I think at, at this point, like we don't even have I'll to mention. Shay. Yeah. Shay, sure. Yeah. I just real real quick, Trill. I just love that you had like your brain just. You know, Sam's like, I don't remember. It's like your brain just like, oh, I remember everything from this <laughs> yeah, podcast that never gets. <laughs> it's it's in here. It will never leave. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't know if that's. That's the vibe. Can't did. remember. I can't remember my grandparents' voice, but my but the yeah. the Bill Simmons pod. That's still on. Be, I'll be on my deathbed. It will be like the Notebook, where like they remember. <laughs> like she just like constantly lives her twenties and like remembers everything that happens. Except I'm just remembering it with Simmons and Rosillo pods, and yeah. it's like. Yeah. Remember, remember that one time right there trying to you remember me people and it's just like you just spouting out redraftables from like 2019 and then bill said that tice is a better defender than it'd be in. you believe that that's all right grandpa here i've got the bedpan right here it's right here no no uh, well that's that it's it's just funny because that's that's our that's our yin and yang guy you know trill is able to shrug off the mean comments and uh has perfect recollection i have rage blackouts when we get one mean youtube comment building a spreadsheet to prove that tanking doesn't work <laughs> anyway, I've very made, normal. Very yeah, normal. normal. I've, I've made eight dummy accounts just to leave bad reviews for the pod. No, that's yeah. Well, you could just you could just give more guys access to that. The hogs, you just let the hogs listen to me. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> well, Will's Will's already been running wild in the comments. He said, uh, "Sam, I couldn't agree more. The Blazers' situation improved so much." <laughs> Simon's Blossom, they got Shaden Sharp. They turned C.J. McCollum into Josh Hart and Jeremy Grant. Oh, wait, that was all from tanking. It's not true. That, that they, they were in the tank for one year. There's a proven, proven fact. If, if things go wrong, because their guy got hurt. They didn't go into that season wanting to be bad. That's true. They, that, that, that Lillard wasn't... got hurt, and they pivoted, and you, uh, which is what you should do. So there. <laughs> Lawyered. Lawyered. That's right. Court adjourned. Um, So they, they said, so there were a few guys on there, you know, Luca SGA jaw. I know Sam might argue that one. I think jaw is better than Trey at this point. Um, I I do disagree on that. So Halliburton. Okay. Maybe a little, I could hear the argument just because I think that I, I think it might, they're similar tiers. I'd still take Trey over Halliburton if I'm trying to build. I'd like to see it in the playoffs. I mean, like that's sure. the thing. you you have never seen Halliburton in a playoffs so of the team actually scheming around him. I know Trey Young can do well in the playoffs. Sure, you even with you know, look what they won two games against Milwaukee team that won the championship. Yeah, like I, I 
Well, Giannis was hurt in the one game, but yeah. But they yeah. did they won the first game off of them and yeah. So yeah. Donovan oh, Mitchell, Darius Garland, uh, were the next two. Then they also said this is where so those ones where I was like, okay, I could hear the argument, I guess. Yeah. I might I might lean in one direction or the yeah. other, but I think they're all similar tiered players. I think Trey's having a bit of a down year. I think that mm-hmm. uh, when he's at his best and in the right situation, he can be like a top five offensive player in the NBA or at least top 10. Yeah. Um, so that was, uh, uh, you know, I could hear it out. Then they got deeper into the list and they were like Desmond Bain. And I was like, okay, now we're getting a bit ridiculous. And their <laughs> argument was, I don't want to have Trey as my number one guy, basically no matter what. Because of everything you mentioned about the defense and the heliocentrism and him getting a second coach fired yeah. and all of this. And they were, yeah, they were boomerang. They were doing the coach killer thing again. Which sure. like, you know, I, the, of all of it, that's actually probably the most defensible. You know what I'm sure. saying? Because it needs to be like, you know, you do need to be a little bit of introspection. And I'll, I'll even give them this. The Hawks have put, you know, it's not like they put a bum roster around him every year. You know what I'm saying? Like, they've had a good team. You know, they did trade. Herder, I think, is probably the worst thing that Hawks front office has done, but they've done a pretty good job outside of sure. that, I think. Yeah. So Yeah. They I mean they draft they draft pretty well. Um, you know. Were you laughing at uh, if Sam was running the magic but still have Vooch? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Pretty good bit. I will <laughs> Yeah. I'll pull that one up on the screen so yeah, everyone okay. can see his right. right. <laughs> They'd still have Vucevic. Vucevic. The Aaron Gordon Vucevic magic are still going strong. Um, I, would, uh, I would I would have done a, a brilliant trade. We'd still have Oladipo. In my book, and Tobias have. Harris. Yeah, yeah, we'd be building up, building up the great Magic Dynasty. The Magic would have been coming off their third straight playoffs appearance in my in my with, alternate reality with victor oladipo evan fortier to buy his no, and no we would have had jimmy butler because we would have been trying to buy and we would have swooped in and topped the sixers offer and there got you jimmy go butler yeah, got him we to know florida, loves early. florida there you go right yep he's, he's yep. doing great it would have been a different florida the owners of the magic are conservative it works right yeah. exactly yeah. exactly with the bosses <laughs> 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 you only good Oh, God. so, uh, so yeah, I just had to bring that up. The one that really drove me insane on that. And, and like, mm-hmm. I, I definitely think Trey's way better than Bane and I would definitely take Trey over Bane, but the Simons one was funny to me. Cause I'm like, isn't That's Simon? The same way. And so it's just a worse Trey on. It's just a much, <laughs> yeah. a, a, a much worse Trey on. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I, I didn't get that one at all. I thought is, that was pretty is he funny. Even that much younger than Trey Young? Like, no, I they're the same age. He, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're the same draft. I'm pretty sure they were both 2018. Yeah. Jeez. How, yeah, how so. is Trey Young? What is Trey Young? 23. Yeah. Trey's 23, right? Yeah. 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 So like, right. yeah, age isn't even a factor for that. Yeah. Uh, I. I, all right, hold on. Trey. Oh, also speaking of uh, another of Trey's twenty four, but he just turned twenty. Oh, well, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. He's over the hill. You got. to yeah. deal that. Yeah, way. yeah, he's washed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an old. Yeah. All right, Amphrey Simons is twenty three, and he turns twenty four in. Hold on one second. Yeah. In June, so he is about six months to. Oh no, he's like almost a, a full year. Younger than Trey, right. nope. but Simon's vindicated. There you go. Yeah, one year, yeah. one year. Simon's Simon's just needs to become a top missed. five passer in the NBA in the next year, and he's good. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. Well, so isn't there like some crazy things? Like, aren't the Hawks like 
having insanely bad three point shooting luck too. Like I, I feel like they're like. I just think they have. I just think they have bad. Well, yeah, because Trey's like one of their best three point shooters, and he's shooting like shit from three. And then they have no real other shoot. Like AJ Griffin's their best shooter. Well, because he's good. (laughs) He is good. He's nineteen. Like I don't really feel like that's like. Yeah, he is shooting 37%. That is a little crazy. Yeah, everyone on the team is under 36%. Like, DeAndre Hunter, 35%. But they're not. They didn't build the team with shooting. That was the one thing I said coming into the year was, like, I felt like they were going to be the same seed as they were last year because they they basically did a massive overcorrection where they got rid of – they improved their defense, but they got rid of their shooting. And I was like, they don't have any off-ball shooters. That's what I was saying all offseason. I was like – their best off-ball shooter was, and this was before I thought A.J. Griffin was going to be in the rotation, was Justin Holiday, And Justin Holiday's having a terrible year shooting, too. So, like, I think they will balance back out, but I still think they're going to be in, like, that playing range. But, like, like, listen to this. Okay, like, worst team, the worst three-point shooting team in the NBA. The bottom three are the Knicks, Hornets, and Timberwolves. Then it's the Hawks. They're a 32% shooting team. And then the next two teams are the Raptors and Lakers. There's yes. just, I'm sorry. There's they're just not, no yeah. way. Like I know Herder is good. There is no way that he's gonna hold up. Like they're gonna hit some threes. Trey's you know shooting 29 I think from three. Yeah, that's like, bad. It's it's not sustainable. Let's not like that. I I don't think there's any reason to panic. I mean, I guess they kind of have to because if Trey is like just openly like just refusing <laughs> to play in games, that's not that's not so good. But yeah, I don't know. I I think I the Hawks. Time. I think the Hawks will end up. We support being, it. Yeah. 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 Well, no. I just think the it's Hawks are gonna, I mean, they're, they're 13 and 11. You know what I'm saying? I think they're going to separate out into being a, in that sub tier below the Celtics and Bucks. You know, I think they're going to be more on the tier with the Cavs and, you know, some of these other teams by the end of the year. All right. We'll see. I, 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 I don't know. Maybe. I, I, I do think that I joked last year when the Hawks were struggling before the trade deadline and tried to trade us John Collins and picks mm-hmm. for Ben Simmons that I was like, they just got to fire their head coach every six months and then they'll get to the Eastern conference finals again. Like that's what they did last time. Mm. Who's to say it couldn't work again. So maybe Trey is thinking another layer. You know what I mean? Right. Right. He's thinking ahead. He's ahead of the curve. Oh, they also gave up less in the Murray trade than I thought. Like I always think of that as being like the Gobert trade, and it's not. They gave they up, gave up like, two first, two pairs, two firsts. Like yeah, because the one first is probably going to be a fake first because it's the Hornets like lottery protected, the top eighteen protected pick. <laughs> the Hornets are not going to be anywhere close to that the next two years. So yeah. you know, unless they get Webb and Yama, like that's the only right. chance that they separate themselves from that. So they really gave up two picks to get Dejounte Murray, which like. Look, everyone knows that listens to the podcast. I'm not a DeJounte Murray fan, but t- t- two first round picks for a guy on that contract is fucking nothing. Like, and it's Gallinari was the magic salary. Like, that it's nothing. nothing. He literally, nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it, it is what it is. But, uh, oh, also, last thing I just want to say on that, uh, Simmons Rosillo podcast, I just thought it was perfect that he said that Andrew Nemhard, after one amazing game against the Warriors last night, is now in consideration for his. 64 best trade awesome. assets in the league okay. column is trade value. He rolls. Andrew Nemhard is older than, or is almost Anthony Simon's age. <laughs> He's, he turns 23 in a month. It's the Herb Jones thing all over again. Whoa, it's okay. literally, I saw this guy play one good game and I have the memory of a goldfish. <laughs> He's so good. It's so yeah, good. I love that. It's so great. <laughs> it's perfect. All right. 
Let's get into our last section. Matt, you are welcome to stay if you would like for this. Uh, we're yeah, just going to... Okay. Wait, real quick. Can we just talk about the Lakers real quick? Because I want to talk about how they're in the worst yes. case scenario. So what is happening right now with the Lakers is probably the worst thing that could happen to them. And I think that I don't think the Lakers fans are going to realize it until it's too late. Okay. They would have been better off losing out. <clears throat> now they might actually make a trade. Like They're going to make a trade. Yeah. But I'm saying they might give up the first round picks, though, and they have no chance. They have no chance. I like low. I don't. Did you listen to low post today too? I did, and I just want to say before we 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 talk about it, Matt. In a moment of weakness last night, I might have have went to the trade machine and put in James Harden and Tobias Harris for Russell Westbrook's two picks and (laughs) Patrick Beverly. (laughs) Oh no. I can't say burn down the Wells Fargo Center, but you can trade. That's that's, that's one of that's from Beverly into the Sixers locker room. No, I I thought like watching Cyberpunk the end of Cyberpunk Edge Runners was going to be the worst thing I saw this year. That's much sadder. Can you? Um, I'm so I'm 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 for it just because I want to see Doc Rivers coach Joel Embiid and Russell Russell Westbrook on the same floor. That would be brutal. well, as Joel Embiid is leaving in the thing, it'd be James Harden. <laughs> he was just walking. Oh, no, I didn't say Joel Embiid. I said James oh. Harden and Tobias Harris. Oh, oh, yeah, oh yeah, I yeah, said yeah, Joel yeah, Embiid. Yeah. I actually, I actually kind of like that trade. <laughs> 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 I mean, Daryl Morey. I don't think Daryl Morey would do it because, as aforementioned, you guys need the reptilian Danny Ainge back in your like. Who just someone trade who, his own who son? Who has no human? Yeah, 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 no human emotions. Just only- Austin. We've traded you to Utah <laughs> exactly. in advance. <laughs> you guys need you guys need to like rent like Danny Ainge for like one day just to make the Harden trade <laughs> and then bring Mori back in. But um, but anyway, he's supposed to be that kind of reptilian, no emotions guy. He didn't turn into it. He just oh, wanted to get got, his old got, buddies from has, Houston. He back loves together. his guys. Yeah, yeah, someone like said the in the Grinch. Discord. He yeah. went to Houston and I, his heart grew too. He learned how to make friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I have overcome the calculators. <laughs> That would well, be a very it's, funny it's, like movie. It's like James Harden, like 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 Daryl Morey's the button up. It's like a Hallmark movie, but like just for friendship. Like it's like I love you, man. And it's like yeah. Daryl Morey like steps off the bus. He's corporate. Daryl Morey change everything Houston. I'm going back to my roots. And then he meets James Harden. He's like, Have you ever been to a strip club? They retired <laughs> my jersey. At the strip club. <laughs> and like they like eventually just learn that you know they're not so different, and they decide that you know what. Together we can launder money, and then the turn of the movie is when an evil owner buys the team. It is too cheap and fires Daryl Moore, and they're separated. But then in the climax, he finds a way. You're gonna, to you're gonna go, you're gonna go to this team. But yeah. really, what's gonna happen is you're gonna ruin well, that team. Daryl Moore has learned because, like, at his old job, he would have kept Ben Simmons as an asset. But now, instead, he keeps Ben Simmons for a whole year on the off chance that he could listen to his heart and reunify with the man who taught him the value of friendship. <laughs> it all ends with one big plane hug. And, uh, I, I, well, um, it's, I, it's I don't think Daryl Moore is the kind of guy who would hold on to an asset that, you know, he would convince everyone had value and then like everyone could say, no, that doesn't have any value at all. What the hell are you talking about? I say, no, you just don't understand. You have to understand the numbers and technology. And then it turns out that the asset had no value. That would never happen. That doesn't, no, that's not Daryl. That's not Daryl. No. Uh, 
we we have not discussed the possibility that like you know the the crypto crash just took out Daryl Morey's well. <laughs> well, I, I, and that, that might be like part what's of happening here. Why all of a sudden I honestly, money is tight? Yeah. <laughs> do you well, think you convinced ownership to like do like a? Is it like how is it like how the the Mets owners were like involved with Bernie Madoff and like yeah, they, they, yeah the Will that's why they crashed kind of, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I I mean, look. Do we know, do we know that Sam Bankman-Fried had access to the, the Sixers things? No. Why did James Harden take a pay cut? We're not sure. I'm just saying we had to keep our head on a swivel. I mean, we're saying, did we, we have, ever we find have... out what the hell color guard was, or whatever the hell it was that they were color star? What, what was color? Whatever color that weird. It, the the best case scenario was that it was money laundering. The the worst case yeah. scenarios is that it was like. You know the machines were coming. Active. It was like I was like things that would get us assassinated for saying. Well, well but this is maybe it's, we, did, it's... we did get the announcement from the NBA that they are going to start allowing sovereign funds to contribute to teams. So, Mister Ben Salman, if you are listening, my Boston Celtics are ready for seven max players. Let's go! I love Neom. I love what you're doing. No, there's only there's only one how, MBS. There's only how, one MBS. Hey, there's one House MBS. Facade, my team yearns for freedom. <laughs> the only MBS. Who's the only uh, MBS? MBS slot in the NBA is Maxi Better, sadly. We've said this <laughs> many <laughs> times. <laughs> um, anyway, that was my Lakers tangent real quick. I just wanted to say that it's very funny that the Lakers beating the Spurs literally three times um, is going to end in them ruining their franchise for two more years. Because they're not good. Two more years? Anthony, well, I'm you sorry. For two, two extra years on the other end. Yeah, like they're, yeah, they're, yeah. let they're him going, cook. He's right. The the Pacers are going to get like a a top three pick because of what has happened. Because everyone wanted to pretend that Anthony Davis was good again before he went out with a flu symptoms in the middle of the game again. <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean. You just—he's very good when he plays. <laughs> I guess that's yeah. that's what I've been saying. Is like. Uh, and I think there is legitimacy to. Can we see it for? Can we? Can we see it for a month? Can yeah. I see it for a month? Like Look, there is legitimacy I, to that. I made fun of Simmons, but he's kind of cooking me. I mean, like, yeah. the Clippers. That was the right take to have on the Clippers. And yeah, he's, absolutely. He, he's owning me. Simmons once again destroyed me. Yeah, you got to see it for a month, and yeah. and we still we will we we will see with Anthony Davis. But I'm not. I'm not uh, holding out on that. I, once again, I want to see LeBron and AD healthy for. Give me three straight weeks of no injuries for either of them or illnesses, mm. and uh, then you can trade the picks if you want and pretend that you're uh, finals contenders. Mm. All right. Uh, okay. So even though Anthony Davis has played like really amazing recently, but uh, okay. So against the Spurs at three times in November, he scored forty-four points against the Bucks. I think it's pretty Just good. Jason Tatum did that. <laughs> Who you think should win MVP? To be totally clear, right? Right, but you know he's he plays games, so you know if you think about that. Also, you know, like, look, I, I, I'm just saying. I mean, look, hey, I, I, if Lakers fans want to tell themselves their championship contender, let's go. Yeah, that's right. Anthony Davis is an MVP. He's first team All NBA. You cannot let that sit. Let's go. You're sure. just you're one step away. Trade those two first round picks. I would love for your franchise. You know. Celtics to, you know, cushion that championship window a little bit more. Banish right. yourself to irrelevance for a couple of years. I would love that, please. 
All right, let's talk best and worst contracts, or should say this section is going to be the best and the worst acquisitions from this pass off season. So best moves from teams and the worst moves from teams. So Sam, do you want to start with your first one? Yeah. Um, well, I, I feel like the, the first worst one is pretty self-explanatory. I feel like it's been covered ad nauseum. <laughs> I, I feel like the Rudy Gobert yeah. franchise crippling. I, I don't. <laughs> it's I, so I, funny. I, I, it's I so really, funny. I really don't think it could have gone more. I feel so bad for Wolves fans, man. They're like, I, they they're they deserve better. Like, it'd be very funny if this happened to the Heat, but it's 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 just you know it's just so sad. I don't know. I, it bums me out. I hope they could recover from this. That Anthony Edwards can do it, but just again another example of you know calculator boys because looking at Anthony, you know, or Rudy Gobert, he's so good at all these defensive metrics. Forgetting that defense doesn't fucking matter if your teammates fucking hurt you. Like, I'm sorry. I don't care how good of an individual defender you are. Your teammates need to like you to play defense together. So, and that it's, is not has, happening. Has, so. has Rudy Gobert ever had a teammate that we, like, think was like, yeah, that's my buddy Rudy? Well. Can we? Can anybody remember him ever having anyone on his side? Did he ever play with Nicholas Batum? I'm just trying to think of other French players that like might <laughs> like. I mean, just because the French doesn't mean they would get along with him. True. That's no, that. would... no, that's how it works. Yeah. I think. yeah. <laughs> the French, <laughs> the French yeah. like each other. Everyone else hates the French. Yeah, that's how right, it works. Exactly. Yeah, you got to be on the same team. Solidarity <laughs> is important. Actually, you know, Joel Embiid speaks French, so if we're talking about big, explosive trades mid-season. Bringing Rudy Gobert into the Sixers, God, oh boy, that that is probably oh. aesthetically the worst. Thing. Oh. <laughs> Rudy I'm, Gobert, James Hart, yeah. Joel Embiid, let's go. I I have drank the poison. <laughs> <laughs> you like that Russian general? We've had it. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Well, that's that. I think that's that's the a, so, yeah, that's an easy open one. and shut. Yeah, um, case. Um, Even I, I had that, that on, I had that on my list. Yeah, I was gonna say that that's a <laughs> that's a pretty obvious one. But uh, I, 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 do you want to do a best one as well? Well, you 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 go best here. We'll we'll do heat miser cold miser here for okay. Yeah. So I actually have someone that I know that you have on your list. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna go and say I did a double dip here, which is the Kings getting Kevin Herter and Malik Malik Monk. Yeah. Oh, you did both. Okay. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So. Signing Malik Monk for the MLB. Mid-le- yeah, mid-level yeah. exception has turned out to be... And, and Malik Monk is a guy that I've liked for a while. Yeah. Um, I I never gave up on him. I wanted the Sixers to sign him. He signed with the Lakers. He's turned his career around. He's become a really good scorer. Uh, playmaking is great. The defense still isn't there, but like most of that Kings team is basically just high-throttle offense, play-no-defense. And that's why they're a lot of fun to watch. And Kevin Herter is a big, big part of that as well. Getting Kevin Herter for what could end up being like the 17th pick in the draft on a pretty decent contract, that level of shooter, passer, and ball handler potential, like not terrible defender, like at least is like can survive on defense because of his size and he's kind of got good feel on that end. I feel like that trade could end up being a real steal for the Kings. It already has, but like, I think if anything we talked about with Atlanta, 
that was the one big oversight where they basically just they sold low on Kevin Herter at his lowest value. Like if they had traded him after the Sixers series when he played great in the playoffs, they could have gotten way more after that Sixers series when he he looked awesome and he and he he had big games in the playoffs. Uh, and uh, it's looking really, really good for the Kings and bad for... And the Kings made a lot of good moves, to be honest, other than the Halliburton trade, which I still don't agree with. But, um, but yeah, so that's that's my best. How about uh, one one of yours? Um, so those were good. I mean, the other... One of my other worst, one of my uh, dis, dishonorable ones was uh, also the uh, the other side of the Herder trade. Um, you know, you get... I mean, we'll see what that first ends up being, but that's, you know, that wasn't very good. Um, that's tough. Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. I did a lot of positives, I'm realizing. Um, but I'll, I'll go to another positive one that I really liked here. Um, I think Jeremy Grant um, I have him, trade yeah. was really good um, for, and, you know, to stick with uh, other, you know, but then Detroit also recovered nicely. You know, they didn't give up a pick in the Bogdanovich deal that they yeah. got Bogdanovich for. That's yeah. crazy. I thought they gave up like a, a second or something. They gave up so, no pick. So they traded Jeremy Grant for a the Milwaukee Bucks 2025 first, I believe. And then they flipped that pick for Jalen Duran, yeah. if I remember correctly. And then they took on salary later with the salary that was created from getting rid of Jeremy Grant. And they took in Alec Burks and Nerland's Noel, I believe. Right. So, and, I mean, it's not a horrible return, but uh, I would definitely rather have Jeremy Grant. Yeah. I think Kevin Walker too was the other one they got. Yeah. Yeah. And then they yeah, waived him yeah. they waved and they got him, yeah. some seconds as well. So I, you know, D- Detroit involved in some good deals for everyone involved, you know, Bogdanovich, they, they could still flip Bogdanovich. I mean, he's been like one of their only good players, so like their Detroit situation. It's not really yeah. Bogdanovich's fault. So like, they're going to be able to get him. They're going to be able to flip him for more than they would have been able to flip Kelly Olenek for I'm pretty sure. especially hundred percent. And yeah. they extended him too. They extended him for two more years. So, so yeah, that, you know, pretty good bit of GM work. I mean, it hasn't translated to, you know, good wins, but I, I thought that was pretty good um, on, on both ends. So, yeah, I, I think that Jeremy Grant deal. And once again, I've talked about it. I've, I've underestimated yeah. Jeremy Grant uh, for mm-hmm. a guy that's in the all-star conversation for real this time. Yeah. Uh, for a guy who at one point I thought he could have went for two first when the Celtics tried to trade for him a few years ago, I thought you guys were going to end up giving up two first to try to get him. Do you remember when angels last year, when you guys were like before Jalen got hurt, there were rumors yeah. But before the deadline, I thought he was going to end up going for two first. He only went for one. And honestly, the pick wasn't even that great that the, the port, the trailblazers had to give up. So definitely good work on their end to get that level of player. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'll go with one of my worst. Now Uh, the worst JaVale McGee is just maybe the worst contract of Mm -hmm. any MLE guy. Other like at least PJ Tucker's in our rotation. Like, yeah, (laughs) like, JaVale McGee is not in the Mavs rotation right now. He got dropped from the rotation already. He looked horrible to start the year. He looks, he's, he's in his 15th season and they gave him three years on the MLE as a big, like that is just terrible. That is just another horrible move by the Mavs. They just constantly shock me 
at how fucking piss poor they are at these margin moves, dude. It's yeah. it's crazy how bad they like they miss on every fucking signing. It's like they never like when was the last time the Mavs took had a free agent signing and you're like, oh, that worked out. They're always bad. They're literally yeah. always bad. <laughs> It's, it's like Jason Terry, I think, is the last time. That oh, like, God. Like, I'm, like, 12 years like, ago. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, like, barely kidding about that. Like, that's that's so bad, man. I don't know. I'm, yeah. If you had to bet stuff. on Luca playing for the Mavs or any other team in five years. Five years? Seven, he's eight. gone. Yeah, so, he's gone. Sti- well, so sticking with that, let me just <laughs> say, like, I, I don't think the signing was good, but I want to – highlight this as a move that did bad damage by them not signing someone. So I'm cheating a little bit here, but not bringing back Jalen Brunson is just one of the most dog brained moves while we're yeah. shitting on the maps here. Like I, that is probably the most damaging non-signing I think of the NBAC. And I just, I just don't understand how they got caught unawares by this. Everyone was like, are you guys sure? Are you sure you don't want to do it? They're hiring Rick Brunson. Everyone is watching this happen. Are you sure? There is no way you can replace him. He is an unrestricted free agent. He was a second round pick. Like, are you sure? He's the only pick other than Luca that you've hit on in the past 12 years. The baby is toddling by the pool and the Babs are just drunk and asleep in their chaise lounge. Like, do you have to get him? He's going towards the pool. No, he knows how to stay away from the pool. He's a kid. Are you sure? Like, it's very bad. It's dangerous. Please. Like, go get your child. And Cuban's just, ah, I, I don't know. I, I never – that was unfolding all last year in slow motion. The Mavs rejected <laughs> confidence and looked foolish for – because just what happened was what everyone expected to happen. You know, take care of your guys. I mean – We talk about the value of extending guys in advance all the time. Yeah. When they're coming off their rookie contract, most times – most times, not all times. Most oh. times those are going to end up being team-friendly deals if you sign them in advance. And yeah, the Mavericks could have had him for $15 million a year. Yeah. And and even even when they don't work out, it's not that disastrous either. You, you can get off the contract. Like, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's not that bad. So, I don't know. Almost yeah. always. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, we had uh, we had some another uh, bad one. Uh, let's go with a good one. I'm going to go with uh, – I'll just hit two here. And the two uh, that I thought were good were both trades involving our teams. And that was DeAnthony Melton to the Sixers, who's been the only offseason acquisition that I've really enjoyed watching. I think he's a gr- great defender. He's really brought a, a different level of uh, defense plus competence on offense to the Sixers. Uh, and we only had to give up the pick that became David Roddy, who, like, look, I love David Roddy before the draft, but I'm not even sure he's an NBA rotation player. Like, we'll see. Um and then Malcolm Brogdon to the Celtics, unfortunately, which is, it's so unfortunate. <laughs> it's so unfortunate that the entire NBA was just like, and like, I, look, I know Malcolm Brogdon has a ton of injuries, but like the entire NBA was like, you know, let's just let the Celtics get Malcolm Brogdon. Like, it's crazy to me that like, I know that he wanted to go there, but like, and like the Pacers wanted to work with him, but like there wasn't one team that could one up. Aaron Neesmith and a first round pick. Like, I don't know. It, it, it's just, it's tough as a non Celtics fan being like, yeah, let one of the 75 best players in the NBA go to the Celtics for basically for free. Hold on. No. Okay. So, was it just Aaron <coughs> Neesmith and Daniel Tice? You also had Nick Stauskas. 
Fitz. My bad. Because um, the salary didn't work, so they had to include four different guys who were on minimums who we immediately got, cut. got waived. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, those both of those signings, by the way, were on my short list. I'm, I'm actually quickly running out of good ones. Uh, one of my my last good one, or one of my last two or three good ones, I want to bring up. Uh, you said it to me earlier. You texted me. Uh, well, or maybe that was worse. Maybe that was technically on the worse side. But uh, I I don't remember what. I okay, just just earlier, go. But I will say Bruce Brown. Yeah, um, I have that. The too. Nuggets is. Six years. I mean, the second his next year is a player option, so it's effectively a two one years. Year yeah, 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 yeah. So that that's you know it's two years, but the second year being a player option means, and he should not. He should decline and sure. go back to because he will get a lot more money. Um, but uh, he that was a great one, and I also underrated great minimum signing Yuta Watanabe. Where would the Nets yeah. be without Yuta? Like so, honorable mention to Yuta here. Um, yeah, really well, he did. Well, he's shooting what fifty-seven percent from yeah, three or something. Crazy. I mean, that's something nuts. Yeah. yeah, but like he, if he's a smart player, he's a he's a oh. pretty athletic. He's a good shooter. He's a good defender. Uh, yeah, that's a that that's a that's a steal for them. Um, and I, for sure. I looked at my text and I forgot. I wasn't. I didn't even write that one down. But the, the Hawks gave up. Chuck Landale for cash to the yeah. Suns, who is which, in their which, which didn't really matter at the like. I texted yeah. the only person that cared about that was Parm. I was like, "Hey, Jock Landale, let's go." No one yeah. really cares about Jock Landale, but the Suns, the Suns. I had it under my best and just had the Suns can't keep getting away with this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because the, the Suns and and part of me is wondering if it's just because it's a lot easier to build around perimeter players like. Devin Booker and Chris Paul and whatever. But another part of me is like, oh no, they have a real system with like movement shooters and ball movement. And like, like they're, they're not the warriors, but like they have, they have plays they run and Spain pick and roll. And like, they have creativity to their offense. And Monty Williams brings a level of knowledge and like, like actual structure for their offense and that makes it so that they can play guys like Jock Landell and Damian Lee, who are veterans minimum guys that like right. no one really wanted, and they're actually pretty good on on them. Just like every once in a while, the Warriors get it, and they just they they can't keep getting away with it. I would just I would like a normal coach who can just like do these things and like make yeah. it so that it's easier on everyone. And like as someone pointed out earlier in the <coughs> uh, ransom in the Discord, pointed out that um, like. D- d- uh, when the Celtics made it to the Eastern Conference Finals with Isaiah Thomas, they had a good playoff defense with Isaiah Thomas in their like as their star. Yeah, I mean Brad Stevens. Th- that I feel like that'll that's almost irrelevant. Brad Stevens, they were the, the tied for number four in the NBA the second year of Brad Stevens' career, and Jared Sullinger was our yes. Star. That's what that's what someone yeah. said in the Discord. Yeah, yeah. Jared Sullinger, but but that's what yeah. I'm saying is like like. Good coaches can get yeah. the most out of their talent in a way right. that the Sixers, like with Brett Brown and Doc Rivers, have just never really gotten. And and maybe part of that is just due to the personnel that we had, but I think that there's there's more to it than that. So, like I, I don't know. There are plenty of guys on the Sixers that I think they you could figure out roles for them. But I also have Bruce Brown and KCP as a duo on my list for best. Um, for worst, 
I, all right, so I, I've talked ad nauseum about P.J. Tucker. I still think that's a terrible deal. I, I think that it's it's going to age really poorly. I think that uh, he'll probably not even be a starter on the team next year. We're going to be paying him $11 million to come off the bench. He's going to be 40 years old uh, soon. So that's just – that's bad. Um, I hate I hate seeing ageism like this on the podcast. But <laughs> Look, look, he, he – Definitely remembers the Vietnam War. I'll I'll I'll, I'll leave it at, I'll leave it at that much. And Doc remember, Rivers. That remember, is why he he wanted him so badly. Doc wanted him. That- do, you, do you remember the Simpsons bit where he's like, you know, the principal Skinner is like talking to the, the students, and he's like, oh, okay, you know, it's like the bicentennial, which obviously all of you are too young to remember, except for Kearney. Like Kearney's over there, like shaving. That's that's PJ. <laughs> yes, yeah, just like Literally. one random <laughs> yes. greatest generation player. You need them. You need them. Yeah, um, but yeah, so those were I, – I, I have two more for worse, but Sam, if you have any other worse ones that you want to throw out I there. Mean, a lot of the worst ones are just kind of inaction stuff. Like I, everyone knows how I feel about the Warriors like letting um, Gary sure. Payton and, and Otto Porter walk, and I, I think that's bared out that that you know, was, does not seem like that's going to work out very much. Um, I had one more good one. We didn't talk about the – again, pretty sad – Self-explanatory, but the Donovan Mitchell trade. Um, yeah, I had that as my last. It's it's, it's it's hard to see that going too wrong. I mean, maybe they give up a really good pick at the very end, but I doubt it. You know, like, it seems pretty safe. Um, it looks great. Um, they've got their core set up for a while. Pretty open and shut case. Um, yeah, Donovan Mitchell exonerated uh, from the, being the one who made that jazz situation. It's so funny that it's just tale of two cities. Those two guys leave. And it's just completely opposite, like, differences, yeah. One, One team is doing great and thriving. Everyone yeah. loves him. He's talking about how he's, like, living his best life. And he's like, no offense to Utah, but I was miserable. Yeah. Like, yeah. And the other guy's like, yeah, I'm not doing great over here. And the team is is reflective of that. I'm, I'm going to start another COVID. COVID-2. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I'm traded again. <laughs> Would create another COVID. Rudy's in the lab. Yeah. He's looking at on different microphones. He's touching different microphones to see how he can. The worst thing we did was trade Rudy Gobert to the state where the uh, Mayo Clinic was because now he's just. (laughs) (laughs) We can't trade him to Atlanta. That's where the CDC is. I know. I know. He was safely contained in Utah. It was a sterile environment. Nothing could really. Yeah, you he's know. got. He's get. He's he's trying to get traded to the Wizards. Get Fauci on the phone. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then I had for my last two here my worst ones. And by the way, just on that Bruce Brown point, they're not going to be able to re- re-sign Bruce Brown, which sucks. Obviously, that's a massive win on the taxpayer MLE to get that Bruce Brown at that rate. But them not being able to re-sign him because of the Michael Porter Jr. deal is just fucking tough. Like that. That is gonna. That's going to be the new Tobias Harris contract where like they just have no moves they can make because they have $40 million or $35 million on their books or whatever for the next few years. And at least Tobias plays the actual games. Um, okay. So the last two I have here, and these are not, this is not even necessarily the fault of this player, but Otto Porter Jr. Injured again. Um, it just sucks. Like he's never really been able to get right. Uh, he, Toronto desperately needs a player like that that can space the floor, good passer, rebounder, defender, but he's just 
I don't know. It seems like that that one year in uh, in Golden State was a bit of an outlier, and that he might just kind of go back to being a non-entity due to the injuries. And then the God, this is this is really tough. This is tough because I hate to do this to someone who was literally just drafted, but Johnny Davis like oh. is just not an NBA player. Like I mean, like I think he's still twenty one or twenty two, but like. He was terrible in summer league. He's terrible in the NBA. And he, I've watched him. He, he, he seems like he's afraid to be out there. It sucks a lot. And he, he's apparently been a little bit better in the G League, but like he was the 10th pick in the draft. And like it seems pretty obvious that like if there's a guy that's going to not be an NBA player from this top 10, that every year there is one, Johnny Davis might be the guy that is, uh, the one for the Wizards, unfortunately, but uh, we'll see. I don't know. It, to, to see the guys that were drafted after Johnny Davis, like A.J. Griffin, Antari Eason, and even Jalen Duran, who's still like 18 years old, like all these super young guys that are like already contributing to their teams, it's just really tough for the Wizards who don't really get a ton of wins in the draft and that seems like it's going to be another another L. like they just don't they don't take the risks to really even have wins yeah. like that's the thing with the wizards it's like every pick they've had for the past five years is just like the safest imaginable pick and this time this even the seemingly safe pick might end up being a bad one so that's all i have do you have any other sam no, I think that's pretty much everything. We just look at my uh, thing. One too. I had like Isaiah Hartenstein. I just more like as a concept. I don't know. He. I just don't know if he's necessarily been good for the Knicks. Yeah. There was a rumor that they might already put him on the trade block. <laughs> there we go. I liked that deal in the. I wanted to bring that up in the moment just because I. Sure. I don't think he's played very well, but I think he's still a good player necessarily. Yeah. So I think the Knicks do kind of have an asset there. So. It is annoying that he's on the Knicks. So yeah, they need to fire Thibs for sure. Yes, exactly. 100%. He's 100%. absolutely yeah. ruining that team. All right. That's where we'll end it. Well, I told you a guy named Johnny wasn't going to be an NBA player. Wait, that's all I'm going to say. Hold on. I want, could we get to Will's point here? Because I think it's, it's a name thing. He said he wants yeah. us to discuss how Nick Nurse played in 46 minutes a game to win Froddy Bard's Rookie of the Year. I love this slip. <laughs> that's right. That's absolutely right. Wait, Scotty Bard's. Scotty? 46 minutes in a game at the end of last year, Scotty Barnes? Yeah, I, th I think so. He, he played a lot. Nick Nurse had them playing. He had like a six-man rotation at the end of the year. He's like, so Precious sick. Precious wasn't even in, in the rotation. No. Wow, no. He played 41 minutes the last game against Boston, yeah. No, the, the, he just didn't play, guys. That's what like I was saying. That's why I kind of like the Otto Porter signing for them because they actually got a rotation player. But Sure. And then he just got hurt again. And so that's like what – like that is why Raptors fans go insane with their. That's why they like overvalue the injuries because they just don't have good players beyond their top six. So they're, sure. whenever anyone gets hurt, they're like, "Well, what do you want us to do? We only have six players." It's like, "Hey, well, that's why you're not good." <laughs> like, sure, yeah. you can't have any injury whatsoever. Yudawada well, Nabe seems pretty good. Yeah, he never got the chance to play, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. The Nurse is evil. Look, I mean, hey, Scotty Barnes is going to be a ten-time All Star, and there's uh, no way he's way more valuable than Kevin Durant. So, undeniably, you undeniably, look. but if you if you call Masai offering Kevin Durant for Scotty Barnes, he's hanging up. <laughs> he's hanging up. It's still the it's 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 such a psychotic thing to say 
yeah. that we bring it up on every single episode. I think. I think it's. I think it's at least just, once an episode we have to bring I it up. I can't believe Low endorsed <coughs> that. For shame. For shame, Zach Low. How do you sleep? <laughs> God. Unbelievable. That's why him bomb temps would never do this. Chad him bomb temps dedicating an entire piece to heat slander. Well, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant is the best player in the NBA right now. <laughs> So I would take him <laughs> over Scotty Barnes, actually. <laughs> I love him. Did you see, like, he, he, he made Heat fans go insane today because he just wrote an article that was basically like the Heat suck. <laughs> He's awesome. I love I love. Him. Okay, before we get out of here, one last thing on this. Tim yeah. Bontemps did probably, I would say, his Jordan run. Yeah. of uh hoop collective they did a redraft of the 2020 draft uh-huh. and he was like so they were talking about like drafting james wiseman isaac okoro all these guys and he would be like he would just be like let's get this out of the way isaac okoro is horrible <laughs> <laughs> and, then he, and then he's like he was like, okay, this one's pretty bad, but let's get to the real disaster. Because he was like, Okongwu, Okongwu, nice player. Not Tyrese Halliburton. They would rather have Tyrese Halliburton. Let's move on to the real disasters of the next few picks. He's like, Killian Hayes, he's, he sucks. He's horrible. <laughs> he was like, not an NBA player. Totally terrible. <laughs> I love content. I love content. Uh, Absolutely. Him screaming at like Windhorst is like one of my favorite things ever. Like where Windhorst is just trying to do like LeBron like placement studies about the Lakers, and he's like kind of he's kind of going against Bond Tips reporting, and Bond Tips just gets pissed at him, and it's like, well, all right, we're not gonna do it. <laughs> it rules. He, he's so sick. I, I I I first that was like ironic when I was saying, but I genuinely think he's awesome. No, I actually I've come around on Bond because I I don't know anyone who's quite as black and white in NBA journal. Like he's not a coward like other no, yeah. journalists who do access journalism. He yeah, don't it's say true. What he believes. Yeah, like, and 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 we need that. The things he needs. Yes, yeah. he's not playing the same fucking game everyone else is. Chad. <laughs> Him bomb well, temps, the yeah. only the only ethical NBA journalist left. Yeah. Well, uh, Obi Toppin and Denny Abdia, uh, they're <laughs> terrible. They're not Tyrese Halliburton. Sort <laughs> of why he's be- whoa. Just Sort of why he's blood. somehow become a mashy guy in the middle of this fucking impersonation. <laughs> well, I, I don't know what. I, I, I thought it was good. I can tell. It was Thank fine. you. Thank TV you TV. so much. Yeah. No, I'm not mad. I can't do. I can't do that. Oh, speaking of, we we were supposed to plug that. Uh, oh yeah, Sam. So, <laughs> hogs. This is one last thing for the hogs here before we get out of here. Um, what, do, what do we have a updated uh, Patreon follower number? We're at two seventy five, I think. Hold on. Okay. We right now we have okay. two hundred and seventy four Patreon. Okay. Patrons. Well, hoggies. <laughs> By Christmas, Santa will leave you a gift if we get to three hundred and ten subscribers. That's right. It's up to you. It's lump of coal. If you want to be on the good list, there is only one thing you can do: get us to three hundred and ten subscribers by Christmas, and I will finally give you the slop you have all wanted. That's right. We will have a very special Christmas episode of the Low Post Podcast that will hit your feeds. If we get to 310. Uh, With Sam yes. as Zach. The no, we're getting Zach. Oh, oh no, I'm we're getting Zach. Zach. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, we're, yeah. we're going to get Zach yes. to do the Christmas episode of the Low Post. Um, there will be special guests. Uh, Kevin Pelton, Kevin Artovitz, Nick Nurse, um, the demon that possesses Nick Nurse, uh, Belfagor, 
Kevin, um, Kevin Rudolph, let it rock. Kevin Rudolph, we'll yeah. let it rock. Um, you know, all sorts, all the stars. It's going to be a star-studded low post. Um, Zach has given me the tape, um, and we will release it. It's going to sound like me because the audio is a little weird, but most assured it's Zach. Um, it is Zach. Be, that, that'll be my gift to all of the Hoggies if we get to 310. So that's our that's our Christmas that is the Christmas gift slash promotion. Because that's right. Christmas. Yes, that's right. Let's so, go. So you know, if you want to kind of help the process, you know, maybe get your girlfriend a subscription to the podcast that she can get <laughs> mad at you. You'll be single. You can't you'll share it. Present. Yeah. Well, you'll save gifts on gifts in the future when she dumps you immediately. So exactly. You yeah, yeah. And you get the podcast. Yeah. So you know, guys, you like look for this. But uh, in all seriousness, this is true. I will. We we're. I'm actually planning on doing this. So, uh, you know. Um, you know, you could maybe try and call my bluff and we don't get to 310 and see if I still drop it <laughs> or not. Um, I will okay, we're going to edit that part out. <laughs> we, we get to 310, but we'll see. You know, it's up to you guys. So Matt we'll just left. Matt left. He's <laughs> like, Eno- enough of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. All right. Take well, care. Take Peace. care, everyone. Later. Kind of fun editing this one. Yeah. I was going to say,